live at the Golden Circle Sports Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. Carlson knocks it loose. Carlson towards the empty net. He scores! William Carlson, empty net power play goal. Vegas 4, Florida 2. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. Friday, 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 Friday. T.I. is our Friday spot with Cofield and Company. Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. Happy hour is here. 55-plus TVs to watch sports on. Getting ready for the NFL playoffs on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. College basketball this weekend to get into. Willie Ramirez is here as the company. James, uh, James is helping out on site. Ari, forever on Cofield and Company. Is back at the Finley Toyota Studios. What's up, buddy? What's happening? How are you? A lot, a lot. I'm fired up about the uh, the NFL angles this weekend. I think there's going to be some some upsets. I think we've got folks nationally who believe that things are set in stone with certain teams, and I don't believe that. So we'll give out our NFL picks, and we're going to start with a bunch of NFL folks, a bunch of former players on today, including Stanford Route, former Raider. In the five o'clock hour, Mark McMillan is up in less than ten minutes. Long time. NFL assistant coach, Ray Sherman. We'll talk XFL because he's on the Vipers coaching staff, and he'll give us his breakdown of the playoffs as well. Some college basketball in the 4 o'clock hour. Lots of Derek Carr today because, again, I love the national reaction, and we've pretty much had a different company member on every day this week, so everyone's had a little bit different take on Derek Carr. So yeah, that's seen all almost two weeks. on the way. I know. It's been a while. Um, Want to throw out there, there's a – well, first of all, i got to make a correction from yesterday, and, and – most people probably didn't even notice it, but it's one of those moments where I read something at like 8 o'clock last night, and I was like, damn it! I was incorrect on the air. Um, we had a really quick discussion Oh, with Xavier Pope about the WWE, which is up for sale, and I described it as being sold to the Saudis. That's not done yet. And then I saw the note today that the WWE, the wrestling organization, you know, owned by the McMahon family forever, they're taking bids. And the cons... And we talked to Tony Khan early in the week. He was on the show. He's the son of Shad Khan, the owner of the Jaguars, that they may want in to buy the WWE. Uh, because as we described yesterday, the Saudis getting involved with more American sports brings up some issues. And we had mentioned, hey, what do the wrestlers do? You want to work for the Saudis? And it's kind of a different situation than the golfers. The golfers already have a great option to work with with the PGA and then the European tour and some other tours. They make a lot of money. They just went for more money with the Saudis. The WWE wrestlers, like the AEW, is getting bigger. Yep. But WWE is kind of a monopoly and way at the top of the heap for pay. So what the hell are, if the Saudis did buy it, what do all these stars do? They're going to take like an 80% pay cut to go work with AEW? What do they do if they want to, you know, they're not comfortable working with the Saudis? I think that there should be a contingency that if the Saudis buy it, that we get the return of the Iron Sheik. <laughs> I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, yeah. if they want to bow out from that, I mean, 
I, I would imagine that the McMahons, you know, the uh, the majority owners and, and, and everybody involved with WD, before doing so, even if you sell, you still care about the product once it goes. I would imagine that they might take, would you think, a poll like, well, would you want to continue to wrestle do you want to leave do you want to go wrestle here do you want to go um because if they were to sell and it would to fall apart and you lose your big names and your stars do you really want that to happen or are you completely money hungry greedy and don't care Great question it's a great question i mean uh you know i i'll say this jokingly because i don't think it's the case i mean the the worst of the saudis behavior over the years isn't or is worse than mcmahon but mcmahon's not well, exactly a freaking sweetheart, and he walked yeah. away from the company because of lots of allegations involving women and his behavior. Now he's back to make sure the sale goes through, but uh, yeah, what? WWE has been a powerhouse forever. We'll see what the future holds, who the new owners are going to be, but in the meantime, uh, the wrestlers are coming to Vegas. Uh, January 20th, tickets go on sale. They are at the MGM Grand Garden Arena on March 24th. Tickets go on sale again this Friday. And uh, AXS.com is where you can get the tickets. And we'll have giveaway tickets next week. Next week, every day, we'll be rolling out tickets for the big event at the MGM Grand Garden. When was your peak interest in w- like wrestling? Pro um, wrestling, not, not necessarily WWE. I probably stopped in my mid-20s. My peak was probably at like 14 years old. I had two. Yeah. One was when I was around 12, 13, and I moved to Minneapolis. And that was the home of AWA. There was AWA up there and NWA in Atlanta. And that was like up there you had Hulk Hogan versus Jesse Ventura. Nick Bockwinkle was the heavyweight champ. Road Warriors came around. Gene Okerlund was the oh, yeah. the, 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 the Mike guy. Mean um, Gene! As I do a poor Ric Flair impression. And then the second coming of was when Jordan was, my son was a little boy and loved WWF before it was changed into with the uh, I believe it was I can't remember the the federation but it was a forest federation that forced them to change the name to WWE and Jordan used to we used to get every pay-per-view he had all the figures he had the the stage where you put the metal clips from (laughs) and he did the pay-per-view at the same time but his results were different and we'd go to everything too now you know Steve Stallworth he when he was at Thomas Mack I used to call him not for freebies I'll pay top dollar. I want the bottom of the ramp in the corner so Jordan can see everything. And we saw some crazy, intense, fabulous matches back then. That was back in the TLC days, table out of chair, Dudley Boys, Rock, Stone Cold. So I had two peaks, one as a, as a, teen, as a young teenager and then one with my son. Well, well, we'll get you tickets or a credential to cover the event. On March 24th, I would love if you want as, I would love to go as a media member for the first time just to kind of see do it. That, that angle of it. Yeah, that would yeah. be really cool. So, as we expected, you know, the quarterbacks are the big deal around this league. And with, even with the playoffs going on, you got teams that aren't in the playoffs who need quarterbacks. And Derek Carr is on the market. So, the rumors are flying. What's going to happen with Derek Carr? What's going to happen with the Raiders at the quarterback position? I want you to listen here to uh, Joy Taylor. She's now got her own show on FS1, and she cast a, a lot of doubt on this sitch, and uh, you know, especially uh, considering the Raiders have, have been a tumultuous organization, and she'll mention Josh McDaniels multiple times here. 
who's going to come in here and make this better? Who's going to make you not regret moving on from Derek Carr? If you get Tom Brady, all right, we're all in on watching that. But Josh McDaniels is still the head coach. This is not Tampa Bay. This is not the Tampa that Tom Brady left New England for. The defense was not good this year. You have Devontae Adams. Josh McDaniels is the head coach, not the coordinator. It's been completely chaotic yeah. and disruptive. This is not the same situation. So outside of Tom Brady, I'm interested because I don't know what's on the market that's going to make you not regret this. You can't blame her, right? No. I mean, anything... I think, well, I'll just say, I think this is a situation where she, she is leaving someone out, and that is Dave Ziegler, who I think has a lot of and should have most of the decision-making finality. Uh, she didn't mention him. I think the assumption is, hey, Josh McDaniels is the GM, and that's not exactly the case. And we also know that Mark Davis is not a sit-behind-the-scenes owner, especially on the quarterback decision, the next guy, because he already let his vote get nixed three years ago with Brady. I don't, I don't think he's standing on the sidelines for the next decision. He'll be involved. He'll be involved for sure since I think he's the one that pulled the plug and finally said enough's enough with um, Carr and approved that. But I don't think that uh, – I agree. I don't know if Zig- – I, I think it's a three-way vote in this one. I don't think it's like the previous regime where Gruden called the shots. Right. I think this is a – it's definitely a three-way where everybody's got to convince one another why. You know, McDaniels is your first option because he's your coach, but he's got to convince Ziggler – and get him on board, and then they have to convince Davis, and then everybody come to an agreement. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Willie G. Ramirez, or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. It's the San Francisco 49ers right now for several reasons. Number one, y'all realize they've been winning without, like, Debo Samuel, all-pro Debo, 1,600-yard Debo. Y'all realize Christian McCaffrey has been busy since he's been in San Fran. George Kittle is starting to get busy. Brandon Ayuk is a number one receiver on any other team. Former NFL cornerback and ESPN Las Vegas NFL insider Mark McMillan is live on Cofield and Company now. Yeah, a lot of people high on the Niners, and they should be. They've been winning impressively. They do have to play this week, though, and the Eagles have the bye. Mark McMillan played for the Eagles. He played for the Chiefs, several other teams in the NFL in a near 10-year career in the National Football League. Mark, what's going on, buddy? Oh man, I'm just just hanging out, man. Trying to stay 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 warm. It's a little chilly out here in Vegas, I know, but, right? man. We, we we managed to make it happen. So you know, it's been a busy morning. We had a chance to go by the Cleveland Clinic uh, and meet one of the world-renowned doctors this morning. Then we went by the Nathan Adelson Hospice Care as well, which we're doing the charity pizza for. Had to go by there and visit the staff and try to you know just get in the get it just just get grimy with it. I don't want to just raise money i want to know what i'm raising money for and they do an outstanding job over there at the hospice center excellent excellent uh let's get into a little football you hear acho on the way back are the niners the best team in the nfc going into these playoffs uh play, right now they are uh you know the way they've been playing on offensive side and defensive side of ball as well like you mentioned debo is not even in the lineup uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey is doing what uh, a lot of people thought he would do in Carolina, uh, carry that offense. Um, he's able to, you know, split outside wide in the slot, in the tailback position. So he's definitely a factor to to you have to deal with. And Brock Purdy is out there just just doing what he's supposed to do, just throwing the ball 
uh, where he's supposed to throw it uh, and not making any mistakes. Uh, he looks calm, cool, and collective. Um, you know, not a lot of people put pressure on a, a quarterback, a rookie quarterback. But, you know, I was in that position as well. But I just I just went out and just played ball. You know, that's what you get paid to do, and that's what you dream of. But the 49ers, man, especially on the defensive side of the ball, they really get after it. And, man, Bosa, uh, honors well-deserved on that first-team All-Pro honor as well. Grilla McMillan, um, they're dominating for sure. Um, one of the sites I love to look at, um, Steve's going to give me a dirty look here, but as far as their grades and their uh, – because I always get on about PFF. But San Francisco has the worst strength of schedule per team rankings. As a matter of fact, the bottom three are Dallas, Philly, and San Francisco. How much does that play a role when you get to the playoffs? Um, it doesn't play any role. Now, you want to be able to play your best football no matter who you're playing against going down the stretch. And uh, the playoff, man, it's, it's, one, it's a single-game elimination. You know, the stakes are a little higher. Um, you know, the atmosphere raises up more. The speed of the game actually gets faster, you know, in the playoffs. And Because, you know, every play really matters. And there is no Monday or Tuesday or film session if you don't win the game. So um, every time I got an opportunity to play in the playoffs, man, it was – the intensity of the game actually gets more intense, and it's more, uh, I would say, uh, the stakes are a little bit higher, especially with playing in the playoffs. And the 49ers right now, they're looking good. You know, it's going to be rainy, it's going to be wet, but, hey, Seattle's been playing in the rain and wet in Seattle as well, so it should be a pretty good matchup. Giants go to Minnesota. I have my thoughts on this one. Minnesota's favored, but are there actually any believers in the Vikings? Um, there's some believers in the Vikings. Um, obviously, you know, the Giants had them. You know, the guy kicks, what, a 60-something-yard field goal uh, to beat the Giants. And, you know, the starters are rested. Um, you know, they know, you know, you got you can't stop Jefferson. Uh, you know, what he, those guys combined over 200-something yards uh, receiving in Minnesota. You just got to try to contain them. Um, obviously, Davin Cook is the, one of the top running backs in the league, but, the Giants, you know, it's a playoff. Uh, you know, anything goes in the playoffs. You can throw away all the records and all the stats. The playoffs is totally different, man. It's a different stakes. It's, uh, like I said, single elimination. And they're targeting one specific player or formation all the time. And uh, trust me, I know I was one of those guys that the Dallas Cowboys targeted my rookie year, and they, they, they tore me a new one. <laughs> Matchup of debuts, Trevor Lawrence. Herbert, is Jacksonville going to move on? That's a good question. You know, Jacksonville's been playing loose. They've been playing fire, you know, fired up, inspired football. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence is, is playing decent football down the stretch. Um, you know, the San Diego Chargers, you just never know about this team. You know, they seem like they've been injury prone all year. But like I said, this is the playoffs. Uh, you know, Keelan Allen's healthy. Uh, you know, Justin, he's athletic. Uh, he's a tough young guy. San Diego play. you know, I keep saying San Diego. I think they're in San Diego, but, you know, the L.A. Chargers, you know, they have a really good defense. They spend a lot of money on that defense side of the ball. So it should be a pretty interesting matchup. But I'm still going to go with the Chargers uh, to go out and get that victory. Mark McMillan is with us. Follow him on Twitter at MarkMcMillan29. Grillin McMillan. All right, Raiders and Derek Carr. Um, uh, first of all, what do you think of Derek Carr and his goodbye to uh, Raider Nation? I, I think he actually – would have been provided an opportunity to say goodbye in front of cameras. Uh, he actually stated that, unfortunately, he wasn't allowed. Or not, he actually said he wasn't able to uh, say goodbye in person. So I still don't know what happened at the end of the season. But um, what do you think of his 
goodbye, and where do the Raiders go from here? You know, very professional um, speech that he had. You know, obviously, you know, you've been the quarterback, the face of the franchise in Oakland, here in Vegas. Uh, you just want to see the guy at least have a piece. Be on the sideline at least. You know, if you're going to uh, – whatever went on in that meeting obviously forced, uh, you know, with some really bad blood that the guy wasn't able to finish off on the sideline with his teammates. Um, you know, it, it sucks. And, you know, I know a lot of people say, well, Derek Carr wasn't a really good quarterback. And I was critical of him over the last couple of years as well. But uh, as a former player and knowing that it is a business, the man has a family, um, he really loves this organization. You can just tell, man. And, and see him not get that opportunity to, you know, just take a lap around the field or at least be on the sideline but people can show how much he really meant to this franchise. You know, I think it sucks, you know, and uh, from the front office and not have him – have that opportunity, but we don't know personally um, if they said, "Hey, you know, you're going to demote you, you could be on the sidelines," and he declined. Uh, you know, but you know, the Raiders are in the position that you know they have a number one draft pick. What do you do, send him? I don't think he's a number one, but you know that could pan out. You never know. Um, you can't just say, "Hey, Rogers or Brady or these big name quarterbacks out there are going to come in and and make this uh, turn this thing around. You still got offensive linemen to help. You still got to find, you know, you got still got to find find Josh Jacobs, who's going to demand a lot of money, Steve. Yep. Uh, so it, it's going to be it's going to be pretty interesting. Um, Devontae Adams, I heard, is going to have a, a huge say in what quarterback they bring in, as he should. Um, you know, they still have pieces. You still have Waller. You still have Renfro. Uh, so they have some pieces, Steve. Uh, I think on the defensive side of the ball, they need secondary help. Uh, you need somebody to help uh, you know, Max Crosby out. You see when Chandler Jones went down, his numbers kind of faded a little bit because they were double-teaming him a lot more. Uh, you know, Chandler Jones seemed like he had one good game and he just checked out. So I don't know what's his position. Mark McMillan is with us, the uh, former NFL cornerback. Uh, I saw you on the sidelines talking to Rich Gannon, all-time Raiders great quarterback. And Gannon's actually been one of the guys, one of the, the few guys, Raider alums, who was pretty outspoken about Carr and some of the yep. intangibles and falling short a little bit. Did you and Gannon talk at all about Carr? Uh, we did mention a little bit. You know, it, like you said, it, it just sucks that he, he wasn't able to finish it out like, uh, you know, like a player will want to finish it out. Um, you know, you want to be able to finish out your, your final game in front of your home crowd. Uh, you know, in Philadelphia, I know my last game, uh, we actually played it on the road, but I knew my last home game we played the uh, Detroit Lions. I knew we wasn't going to agree on the contract extension, you know, but I, I was able to go out and the fans were able to show their support. And actually, I went out and had a really good game. But, uh, you know, Rick is very critical of quarterbacks. And, you know, it, it, he can take it as well. And, you know, just just a, a bad feeling, the bad taste in the mouth. Uh, you know, just, we just talked about that on the sideline. But Richie Rich is my guy, man. Uh, I still, We still talk about our Kansas City days, but uh, he also did some really good things for that Raiders organization as well. Mark, let's talk a little UNLV and some of the coaching staff changes. So, uh, Petrino uh, elects to leave a couple of weeks ago. 61 years old. The replacement, <laughs> they go with a 30-year-old in Brennan Marion. And if I'm correct, I think you know him pretty well, right? Yeah, that's my guy, man. Brennan, you know, I, I know when that job first came open, man, he texted me, like, within an hour. He's like, yo, if you, if you know anybody over there, the athletic director – you know, have them hook me up. And obviously, they, they, you know, they went on with a different head coach. But uh, he knows the head coach very well. Um, you know, Brennan recruited my son when he was at Howard University when my oh, son okay. was in high school. Uh, so I talked to Brennan all the time. And, you know, even today, this morning, 
you know, we text him back and forth. Uh, now he's like, hey, man, you know, I'm in town now. I got to get some of that barbecue. So uh, he's a great, young, energetic guy. Um, he knows what he's doing as far as calling plays. He's going to get that group uh, excited. Um, he's going to move the ball up and down the field. And he's going to be able to recruit. You know, he, he's been on that West Coast recruiting trail before. Um, so he's going to be able to go into people's homes. Uh, a great, uh, outstanding man, uh, you know, man of character. Uh, so he's not going to sell you a dream. He's going to tell you like like it is, and that's one thing I, I like about him. Uh, he was open and honest in the recruiting process about uh, by my son as well. And then there's one of the big fellows on the staff, a uh, new defensive line coach in Ricky Logo, who's definitely got ties to Hawaii, and that's massive for UNLV football. You know yeah. Ricky too, right? Yeah, Ricky's my guy, man. He's another coach that recruited my son uh, when he was coming out of high school uh, as well. Uh, we took a trip down to Colorado State, uh, you know, visited him hit when he was uh, coaching there. Uh, went on to Washington State. You know, we still kept in contact as well. Uh, you know, those Polynesians, man, they're all brothers. So, you know, Vice Nikahiba, he's like, hey, man, Ricky's my guy. And, you know, Rick, me, Rick, you know, we've been texting back and forth over the last couple of years. So I'm excited uh, to see my guys on the sideline. And like I said, Steve, you know I'm always here to help these guys out. So they're going to be leaning on me as well. Uh, so I'm just excited for the program. I'd like to see Vegas finally get over the hump and get to a bowl game and be competitive all year, not just fall off at the end. Yeah, the uh, the entire staff was out, and about today, first day they could recruit on the road, and they chose to do it all in Las Vegas. So I know that's a, a you know real big goal is to make sure they repair any of the issues that, uh, if they do exist, exist around the, the high schools in Vegas. So big deal there. Um, on the grilling front, I only saw a couple of photos, man. I, I know you're cooking. I feel like you're not putting all the photos up. You're holding back. Uh, what's going on with the uh, Gorilla Grill this week? Were those brats? Oh, yeah, I had some brats on there, man. Uh, like I said, shout out to my partners over there at Gorilla Grills. Uh, you know, they, they've uh, supplied me with some really good grills. I have been holding back. I got some really good content, uh, content that I'm holding off for, you know, for some big announcements. And I think only you may know, you know, in the whole state of Levada, Nevada, Steve, you may be the only guy know what we're holding this content back for so you know grilla grills man they hooked me up real good so i'm excited uh to continue that partnership with those guys as well i'm excited for super bowl got some events coming up in arizona uh during that weekend as you're gonna well. be with but us well one of the events I, you're gonna be with us you're gonna be on radio I'll be, Row with, I'll us. Be hanging out with you i think you and q man we'll be on radio road so i got some guys that's excited it. uh to have that opportunity i know jake Palmer, you know larry sinners uh you know all those guys they're they're excited to be on so i'm i'm out You'll see a different side, man. I just get real excited when I see my guys that I played with. Obviously, competed against Jake Plummer. Have a couple of interception balls in my in my closet. You know, he's not Dan Marino or John Elway, so I kind of put Jake's balls in the in the closet. <laughs> I'm just going to throw it out in the universe that um, you know, you and I have broken bread. We've shared some secrets. We've shared some cooking tips. We've we've yep. exchanged seasonings and 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 spicy honey. Um, waiting on my oil, but when I brought something up to Steve, and he goes, "No, no, 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 that's not it. Uh, you'll find out. I know what's going on." I was a little hurt that I don't know what's going on. So when I come pick up my pellet grill, you can you can fill me in. By the, by the way, I feel like that was embellishing. I don't think there was any exchange where I was, like, puffing out my chest saying, I know you don't. I didn't do oh, that. Oh, there was a puff. Oh, stop. There was so ridiculous. But you know what? I embellish sometimes, too, so I deserve it. Uh, Mark, yeah, enjoy well, the play. Willie, yeah. well, you're my guy. But, man, Steve, man, man, Steve, we've been doing this for, for years, man. Even when I went back to Arizona, I came back. Steve just plugged me right on in. You know, be a part of the show as well. So, 
We've been rolling along, man. You know, the festives, you know, Willie, we ain't did no festives, man. I ain't seen you in no Santa suit. I ain't seen, you know, Steve. I know, right? Steve had I know. a sweater. We've been on Fremont Street. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't smell marijuana. In the, we didn't get it all, man. Man, Steve, we've been grinding. <laughs> That's all right. The, the, the fact that I'm getting hooked up with the pellet grill at some point is enough. That's, that, that makes up for it. So I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I'm I good. got you, man. I got you. Like I said, I'll make sure you get your pellet grill. And, uh, you know, like I said, man, I'm excited for this, uh, for this news and obviously this partnership. Uh, shout out to my guys over at uh, Eight News as well for Raiders pregame live. Uh, so I-, I will be back next year. So I'm I'm excited about that. The guys said they will have me back next year, so I'm pumped up for that. Mark, have a good weekend. Enjoy all the football. We'll uh, talk to you next week. Okay. All right. Appreciate you guys. There he is, Mark McMillan. We roll on here from Treasure Island. Got uh, plenty of good spots left. Uh, well, lots of conversation between Willie and I. It's not all about the guests, although we do appreciate the guests who are on. But former longtime NFL assistant Ray Sherman's going to join us inside of 15 minutes. The Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. There's nothing like a football Friday at Treasure Island. You know, Dick Calvert's right there. You know, he's up there in the conversation. If you're going to sit around and talk around the Rebel Hoops, I mean, the voice for 52. 52 years, I mean, that's uh, pretty historic. And uh, like I said, when we first found out he was going to you know, step away, is his calls of guys making big threes, his calls, you know, over the loudspeaker is something that I remember, you know, even not only as a player, but coming back and watching running Rebel games. Hang in at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. Kevin Kruger talking about longtime PA announcer Dick Calvert, who will be honored at the half tomorrow, 50-plus years announcing in and around Vegas and around the Rebels, and he'll have a banner that'll be brought to the rafters at halftime. Very cool, very cool stuff. And as Kevin Kruger said, kind of a you know an establishment around UNLV basketball because that voice you always hear, whether it's front and center or in the background, you know it. Quick fun fact about Dick Calvert back in the late 70s the show Vegas with a dollar sign for the S Dan Tana starring Robert Urich he appeared in three episodes nice one of them when Dan Tana's psychic Beansy he was hypnotized and he went into the old convention center rotunda with a briefcase that had a bomb in it and they were looking for it and I think they were calling them Southern Nevada I believe at the time they didn't use UNLV, but Dick Calvert was the PA announcer. There was another one where there was a daredevil motorcycle, and it was a female, and he was outside the rotunda in the convention center parking lot announcing that. So um, the third one I think was a basketball, also. But yeah, there's a he he's he was so embedded with at the start of like UNLV running rebel stuff as the announcer at the rotunda that when. Vegas was being filmed in Las Vegas, and they decided to include that. They made him a part of the show. You know, I try to keep old shows, like 70s, 80s shows, in my, at least one in a rotation of stuff I watch Mm -hmm. to finish out the day. That's kind of when I watch my TV. And lately, I've been watching One Day at a Time. Okay. (laughs) Valerie Bertinelli. Bertinelli, Mackenzie Phillips. Sure. Bonnie Franklin. Mm. Um, Pat Harrington. I actually didn't realize how good the writing was and the delivery was for Schneider. It's a good character. And I just just love the look of the white T-shirt with the cigs rolled up in the sleeve. It is just so absurd, but people used to do that. Yep. But, you know, 
Vegas shouldn't take long to watch. I just got to find it. Three seasons. But I need to watch it to see old Vegas again. It was 78 to 81. Um, and I didn't realize that he was a Vietnam vet. In the show. Yeah, in the yeah. show. And because now I always see the image of him driving down Fremont. And for people who haven't been here for like 40 years, they don't remember Fremont. Like the canopy wasn't there. No, it was a road. You'd be able to, be able to drive up and down that thing. Right. It was a road, and, and, and the, the brainchild behind building up downtown to uh, downtown Las Vegas was when Oscar Goodman was the mayor, and he, he wanted to revitalize downtown, and then, the, and then the, sort of the archway into it. So from uh, the Sahara on in, when they started beautifying, if you will, the, the gateway to downtown, and then they built Fremont Street Experience. But yeah, my favorite stuff with our guy Jimmy Gemma from the Las Vegas Aviators, we always talk about is how... You see the opening shots or the mid-show shots, and they're kind of like now it'd be like a drone shot, right? Is there all of a sudden Dan Tan is driving from his office, which the filming location was just outside of Circus Circus, and it was like the old Desert Inn executive yeah, he, office. He, he, he had an apartment behind the Desert Inn in the show. It, it was next to Circus Circus, actually. It wasn't behind DI. Mm-hmm. It was up the street from DI. Right. But when, then all of a sudden, so, so the, they're up high. The helicopter view is down there. And then they come down, and he's driving a strip, and he's at, all of a sudden he's at the Tropicana. Yeah. It's like, you know, people don't <laughs> well, know, and he realized. But back then, there wasn't a lot of scenery also. Right. There was, there was a ton of desert between each hotel. You could stand at the edge of the Caesars Palace Fountains and see down to the frontier or, or, or the Stardust. Those I still can't believe days. I've been here long enough to remember driving down the strip, and then I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go here, and I'm going to park right off the strip. Yep. Like parking lots yep. on the ground right there. You talked about Super we Bowl. Sound, we sound so old. No. Uh, you're, you sound older because you've been here longer, yeah. but we're about the same age. But Hey, you've been here long enough to remember also that you just talked about the Super Bowl, right, and shows around. Back then, you could drive up and down the strip, and you tell someone, okay, drop me off at this corner. You run in for the Super Bowl. Right. You lay a $20 right, right, bet. Right. You get a T-shirt. Okay, I'm going to go to the next. I'll walk to the next one. Pick me up three hotels down. And all of a sudden, you got four $20 parlay bets just to get the T-shirt from each property. Yeah. And it was no big deal. Now you got to run your car up on a sidewalk and smash it to pieces against a bollard. Yes. That's how much That's how much things have changed. They're safe, though. That's a good thing. Uh, big weekend for the Lady Rebels. Mm. While the uh, men will be playing tomorrow at 4 o'clock at Thomas & Mack. Six o'clock on FS1 nationally. Beautiful. Lady Rebels going to be taking on New Mexico. Uh, they want to pack that place, though. Show a real big crowd at the Cox Pavilion. Uh, tickets are available for the Lady Rebels, who are five and zero in the Mountain West, fifteen and two overall. A strong, strong choice for the NCAA tournament in back-to-back seasons. Six bucks if you go to UNLVTickets.com. Six dollars if, if you buy them now uh, to get into the Cox Pavilion. Game day, ten bucks. Um, kids in high school and younger. Uh, valid Nevada high school ID. You get in free. You get in free. And I'm telling you, they're a really fun team to watch. They're up-tempo. They press. they got a great power player. They've got some great guards. They're a team that's generally scoring 80-plus points. So check that out tomorrow live at Cox Pavilion or on FS1. It's a 6 o'clock tip-off with the Lady Rebels against New Mexico. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Willie G. Ramirez or tweet the show at Cofield & Co. Hang in at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. All right, rolling on, talking to NHL. Check that. NHL's coming up a little later. NFL playoffs. NFL playoffs, some XFL wide receivers, and a great guy to lean on for that is a longtime 
NFL coach, upwards of 30 years. He's now coaching with our Vipers in the XFL. Ray Sherman is on the horn, joining Cofield and Willie. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, guys. How are you doing? We're good. We're good. We're excited about the uh, Vipers uh, playing their games here in town, and I know uh, you know you guys are going to be training and practicing. I think it's in Texas, but I wanted to ask you, um, how familiar are you with Vegas? I know you got a lot of West Coast ties. You went to Fresno, and uh, you know you're a Berkeley area guy originally, and you coached at Cal and coached on the West Coast. So, what's Vegas for you? Well, I've been to Vegas a few times. I used to come for entertainment or shows or you know different things like that. So I, I love coming. Love coming there. It's a great place to, to visit. Excellent, excellent. Um, how did this opportunity with the Vipers come up? Well, it came up because uh, Rod Woodson, our head coach, I recruited Rod at Purdue, hmm. and we were we've been together a long time. And I coached against him when he was, you know, with the Steelers, and I was at 49ers, and he was in Baltimore, and I was in Green Bay, and you know, different places that he's been. We've coached against each other, and we've always stayed in touch. And then. When this opportunity uh, came, uh, when I got the job, he called me and asked me, you know, to join him. And I didn't hesitate because of our relationship and, and the bond that we have. Over the years, I, I know you have a, a lot more time spent in the NFL. What did you like more as a coach? Did you did you like college football more, or was it the NFL? Well, I tell you what, I really enjoyed both because in, in college, it gave me an opportunity to really uh, to spend time with these guys and really try to install some values amongst them as far as, you know, life lessons and uh, how to, you know, to prepare and get yourself ready, you know, the time you need to prepare as far as studying and and also just uh, focusing on the job that you have to do as a college player and and just try to give them some good insight on things, what to expect, uh, what they needed to do uh, to be successful. And then being in the NFL, uh, it was fun because, again, some of those guys that I – recruited or coach i had a chance to see them when i got in the nfl and so we had a relationship and then with other guys that i met it was just creating that bond because you want them to be successful as nfl players on and off the field and so i, I enjoyed both of them and i'm glad i got the experience in college because it really helped me uh when i went to the nfl because from my experience and and i also went to you know nfl training camps as a college coach and and visited coaches that I already knew and watched camp and watched practice, and I had a chance to watch film. So I learned along the way, and it was, it was you know, it was good for me. XFL season kicks off February 18th. You can go and get tickets for the Vipers here in Vegas. We're going to be playing at Cashman at XFL.com. Just go to the front page. You can click on tickets there or go directly to the Vipers page. And, you know, the reason I asked you, college versus pro, how do you look at this job? Is it – because there's a lot of guys who either are bounce backs from the NFL or still want to get to the NFL. Is this more like an NFL job or more like a college job? Like, what, How do you look at the group of receivers you're going to be coaching? Well, I look at it as, uh, you know, their next step is they want to have an opportunity to go to the NFL. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some of these guys have been in NFL camps, so they have an idea about what's, you know, expected. And then, you know, the main guy, uh, Martavius Bryant, I coached against them. And I tell you what, I used to hold my breath when he was on the field because this guy can blow by you at any time. And he's really been a joy uh, to work with and, and spend time with. And uh, he's also a guy that can lead the younger guys because he's had, you know, a tremendous amount of experience in the NFL. And he's also able to relay some things. And also some of the guys who have been in the NFL camps, they're also 
to, you know, uh, let these guys know what it's like and how hard you have to work and how you have to prepare and, you know, to, in order to try to get to that next league. So, and I tell them, I said, guys, uh, it's going to be up to you to uh, get the job done. It's going to be up to you guys to learn and be the best player that you can be because I said people will contact me and ask me about you and, mm. you know, your work ethic, your study habits, and those type of things. So if you want to have a chance to get to that next level, you're going to have to show what you're capable of doing in the XFL. Speaking with former NFL assistant Ray Sherman, um, with that being said, considering this is, I think, the third run-through with this particular league, we've seen some other minor league football uh, leagues, are, are they just getting better as as we grow and, and with learning lessons? Like, why is this specific league in 2023 going to work, and why will the talent base that comes from this, why will that pool of players maybe be more appealing to the NFL than we've seen in the past? How, why is this, this year's league going to be that much better? Well, first of all, I think, you know, having a guy like The Rock who, you know, owns it along with one of his work, you know, co-workers, and and I also felt that uh, it has good leadership. I think people that are, you know, involved in this league are people who have been in the NFL, have been uh, part of uh, different organizations, and I think you bring that knowledge together and you're able to build on it and you can talk about, you know, the things that you, you want to do and you can talk about the things you want to stay away from, from past experiences, and, and I think uh, looking at the caliber players that I see now, there's a a bunch of talented guys that are, you know, been selected by the various teams. And I think that's a plus because a lot of these guys have been in NFL camps and so they have an idea of what's expected and what they need to do. And they know uh, they can tell some of the young guys who haven't had any experience as far as in the NFL or any NFL teams. They've probably been in the indoor arena football or some, you know, some teams like that. So they haven't had that kind of experience. But being around guys who have been in the league, they can tell them, and so now they can understand what it's going to take, you know, to get to the next level. Ray Sherman is with us, ex Cypers. He's the wide receivers coach, uh, upwards of 30 years coaching around the NFL. Uh, plenty of time around college football as well. When you talk to people about receivers that you worked with over the years, who is the best receiver you worked with? I tell you what, I get asked that question all the time. Yeah. And matter of fact, these players ask me, uh, you know, who was the best. And I always tell them, I said, check my bio, and then you'll see, and they'll laugh. But really, I, I, I tell them about the, you know, the four guys that I've been able to coach that are all Hall of Famers, Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, Carol Owens, and Chris Carter. So I've coached all those guys, uh, you know, when I was with those various teams and, and all – Four of those guys were tremendous players. Uh, they were no-nonsense guys. They had great work ethic. And I tell guys, they never complain about the heat, the cold. They don't complain about any of those things. They just go out and prepare and do their job. And, and, and it doesn't matter what the weather is. It could be 100 degrees. They never complain. They all uh, focused on what they had to do. And then what happens is when you got players like that on your team, these young guys see that. Yep. They see that these guys uh, – work hard they don't complain they just go out and do their job and so those guys were great examples of the places that i've been they were great examples for the other players on the team because now they're able to see uh what those guys brought to the table and then i was fortunate uh 
even when I was in Green Bay, these guys were in Hall of Famer, but I had guys like Donald Driver and Javon Walker yep. who were great players. Uh, you know, Rob Moore at the Jets. So, you know, you're around some great players, and so these guys may not have been, a, been around any of those guys, but what happens is a lot of these guys get together in the offseason and they train together. And so they able to pick up nuances and different things to help them, you know, to be better players. And so that, that's been a big plus. And for me, with these guys, they know, uh, the, know about the guys that I've coached, and so therefore they know what I'm telling them is going to be able to help them to benefit them in the long run. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. I was looking back at the, uh, the 2004 Packers, and yeah, Javon Walker and Donald Driver combined for uh, over 2,500 yards receiving and about 175 catches, so that was impressive. How about this one, though? Um, who's the guy that you coached at wide receiver where you're like, man, I don't know if this guy has it. And then he turned out to be like he he worked himself maybe with some limited abilities into something really good in the NFL. Well, I'm going to give you one guy that uh, that I had at Dallas, and that was uh, Miles Austin. And mm-hmm. when I came to, I, I had, when I was with the Titans, I had worked Miles out up at Monmouth University, and I, I was trying to get the Titans to draft him, but we didn't, and Dallas got him as a free agent, and he, they brought him in as a, a kickoff return man and a punt return guy, no, mainly kickoff return guy and special teams player. And so uh, I had an advantage because I worked him out and I was able to see what he, his possibilities are and how, you know, the type of player he can be. And so uh, in the meeting it was said, well, he's only going to be a a special teams guy. He's only going to be probably a fourth or fifth receiver. And I said, uh, you know, I disagree with that. I right. said, I said the thing that he needs is he needs somebody to coach him up. He needs somebody to explain to him his abilities and what he's capable of doing. And I knew all that because he reminded me of Andre Reed, who played at Buffalo. Big, physical, strong, fast. He was smart. And I knew all I had to do was draw that out of him and get him to believe in himself. And, and after that, uh, he ended up signing a large contract. And, and it, all it is is getting a guy like that that's talented to believe in himself that they can do it. And once he started believing in himself, and then everything else took care of itself. And that was the guy. That was one of, And the other guy was Donald Driver. You know, uh, when I was at Green Bay, you know, he was a seventh-round pick. Uh, and then when I got there after his rookie year, I had a chance to spend some time with him and, and work with him. And the thing that impressed me about this guy, he was explosive, uh, very explosive guy. And this guy was a seven foot six high jumper in college. Wow. Okay, seven foot six. And, and so what happened is, and I think it was my first few days in Green Bay, a lot of the players were playing uh, in the gymnasium and some of the scouts they were playing and so I was just let me go in here and watch these guys and so Donald uh, had the ball and he was dribbling and I kid you not he jumped <laughs> over one of the scouts and dunked the ball I said I said Lord have mercy I said this guy is gonna be and all it is is just getting guys to trust and believe and he was an amazing athlete he's one of the he's one of the best football players I've ever coached Pound for pound, wow. he was outstanding. And I tell you this, he could, he would be, he would be in the level of those other guys, those four Hall of Famers. He was in that category, of, you know, that type of athlete because he can do some amazing things, and he's one of the best players that ever played in Green Bay. I think. 
Coach, we appreciate the time. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll see you here in town in February, okay? All right, guys. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. There he is, Ray Sherman, longtime NFL coach, working with the XFL Vipers, the Vegas Vipers. XFL.com. Grab your tickets now. Season openers on February 18th. XFL.com to get your tickets.